Hello and welcome back to the Applied Medic Podcast. If you're new here, my name's Chris. I am a fifth-year medical student studying at the University of Edinburgh. I'm also the host of the Applied Medic Podcast and the founder of Apply Medic. So I have two very special guests on the show today. Um, we're going to take a slightly different um, topic of conversation today, um, away from the kind of uh, usual medical school admissions that we've been concentrating on before. And today we're going to focus on the different types of things that you can get up to alongside uh, your your studies while in medical school and also your job as a doctor further on down the line. Um, and we're going to particularly concentrate on uh, the aspect of entrepreneurialism uh, within uh, medical school and uh, during your time as a doctor. Um, and I'm particularly interested in this with, with my current endeavours with applymedic.com and trying to create and develop that. Um, and so I have two very special guests on with me today, uh, Ben and Rishul, um, who are both uh, junior doctors and um, have together uh, created a website oskisense.com, which is all about providing educational resources to medical students uh, for their OSCEs or Objective Structured Clinical Examinations, which is one of the main forms of examination and assessment during your time at medical school. So we're going to have a chat with them today and um, get a sense of uh, what work is like for them so far, um, more details on OSCE Sense, why and how they created it, um, and what their aspirations for it are going forward in the future. Hi, Ben. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. Yeah, not too bad. I think you're probably the only medical student I've ever met who knows what OSCE actually stands for. (laughs) (laughs) Including us. Yeah, including us. I I know, I know. Well, I think that's a good reason why you guys are here, um, providing the the purpose that that you're that you're given. So, um, I'm I'm really pleased about that. So, hopefully, more people will will have a bit of understanding going forward in the future uh, with Oski Census help. Um, So, I I wanted to start the podcast with you guys just giving a brief introduction to yourselves, um, who you are, what you do. And then maybe filling in any gaps uh, with maybe anything that I missed in terms of the the kind of definition and the role of OSCE Saints. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Ben. I'm an FY doctor from Edinburgh. Uh, I trained in Nottingham, which is how I know Rishul. And I'm Rishul. I'm still an FY doctor in the Midlands. Um, and yeah, we met. I think me and you met probably in last in the final year, final two years. Um, we got on quite well. And then all of that led to a random message one day at the end when we were revising finals going, oh, all of these resources are really unhelpful. Um, like none of them are really easy to use. Should we just make something that's better? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we did finals and came up with the website. Very nice. Um, and so are you guys, so are you both in uh, foundation year one of your training so far? Yeah, yeah, we're both F- FY1s, yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'm I'm in orthopedics at the moment in, in the okay. Royal in Edinburgh, which you might know. Yep, not very well. And <laughs> I'm in stroke medicine. Okay, very nice. Um, and so how how is how's the transition been so far between medical school to life as a foundation year one doctor? I think it's... Um, I think it's a, one of the biggest step ups um, that I've experienced so far. Obviously, there's there's lots of big steps in in your academic life before F1. As you know, the the, the jump between GCSEs to A levels, the jump between A levels to first year of university. Mm-hmm. Where there's lots of new challenges. You know how how to revise, how to structure your own time without input from teachers and things. 
Then there's the jump from preclinical medicine to clinical medicine in, inside of med school, which is that's another big milestone jump. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the transition from final year to, to foundation year one, it's it's um, it's just a big jump in, in responsibility, really. Um, so in terms of knowledge base, it's the stuff you're expected to know in F1 really isn't isn't too bad. It's not as, as bad as I really expected in med school, but it is just having to actually put those things in practice is is very daunting for the first couple of months at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it was a massive like step going from the final day of final year to the first day of F1, but not because the knowledge that you expected to know or anything like that, just like you said, Ben, is anything new, but it's just the skills that you need are slightly different. And I feel like in the well, how long have we been working? Five, six months since we started. I feel like I've actually lost quite a lot of knowledge that I had in finals. Like, <laughs> if I knew what I knew in finals now, I'd feel really confident all the time. Yeah. Um, but it just turns out that you don't end up needing that level, that like in-depth knowledge for your job. Your job is mostly like administrative and just helping things run a bit more smoothly. Um, but it's just figuring out how to actually do that, which is the biggest step. Yeah, definitely. I think, especially more of the kind of administrative side of things that um, you that at least I've seen uh, when I've been shadowing, you know, F one and F two uh, junior doctors on the wards. It's those are the kind of things that you're not necessarily taught in medical school, but you just have to quickly learn as soon as you've started the job. And that's one of the main things that kind of makes it a bit more stressful, especially in the first couple of months when you start F one to just kind of get used to all the, the the administrative side of things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I started on um, nights and I remember running around the hostel for like half an hour trying to figure out why none of the labels for the blood bottles were printing. And there was no one around that I could ask because everyone had gone home. And it was the most stressful thing. And it felt like <laughs> making such a big deal over nothing. But I couldn't send anyone's blood off. I was just running around with like bottles in my hand trying to figure out yeah. how to do it. Um, so it's stuff like that, stuff that you don't expect will trip you up, like, will trip you up and that actually ends up causing a right headache. <laughs> everyone has to go through it i suppose yeah i, I had a i had a similar uh, incident with endoscopy forms and it's like you know when you you know when you say to your mum like oh i can't find you know my keys where are my keys and yeah. then she walks in and finds them immediately it was like that but with an endoscopy <laughs> form and a consultant <laughs> i guess you you definitely have to leave you the ego at the door uh when you when you start f1 a hundred percent there's a million and one stupid stupid questions every day for the first three months i think and afterwards for me i don't know about you but they've they've carried on yeah yeah the 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 frequencies slowed down i think but um they're definitely still there yeah (laughs) okay um so but that's really good that that you know, you guys have actually kind of uh, still enjoying that transition as well, and and um, and you're actually finding the the spare time uh, that we'll get on to um, actually later on to to develop something like Hosky Sense, um, which which through my experience at least, um, developing the website for for Apply Medic etc. And, and starting all of this, it is very time consuming. So we'll, we'll kind of get onto the balance, the work life balance side of things um, a bit later on. Uh, but what I wanted to to kind of understand first is primarily the, the the reason why um you guys uh, decided to start something like Oski sense because um you know I, I i i won't i won't name uh, particular websites or particular companies that offer similar services but there definitely are some some big players in in this space uh, in this market of of kind of oski or just you know clinical skills medical education um type online resources so what was it that that enthused um 
the both of you to to start something like this and made you think that maybe you had something a bit more unique to offer? So I think it was it was kind of out of frustration when we first started because like Richel said, there were loads of like amazing books and there were a lot of online resources as well that were really good. But none of them quite covered like the compound OSCE practice skills that we felt like we needed. Um, and then it just kind of so happened that we both had these very niche skill sets that just happened to match up quite well as well. Mm-hmm. Like obviously we're both medics in the same year, both had similar amounts of free time, both knew how to code. Um, so it was just a strange coincidence. So it kind of seemed rude not to. <laughs> I think I think the biggest coincidence there was like that we both knew how to code and we both knew languages yeah. that sort of complemented each other. So yeah. between the two of us, we managed to actually get quite a good workflow going to set everything up, um, which, wow. yeah, okay. just very, very coincidental. Yeah. Um, and and so that, that kind of ties into to the next question, and, and that is how you guys went around uh, developing uh, OSCE Sense. Um, and so with in my case uh, at least with uh, trying to create and develop applymedic.com uh, i obviously didn't have kind of you know excess funds available to um, pay someone to completely develop a website for me uh, and so i just decided to buy uh, pay i think it was like 20 pounds uh, for an on a web development bootcamp um, and uh, it just basically took you through all the i went through all the the kind of basics uh from 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 zero from ground zero essentially um just learning um the basic languages like html and css uh and a tiny bit of javascript just to create some sort of interaction um just enough to to kind of do the job to at least make a first kind of prototype of it at least it took me probably almost a year of trying to actually learn how to code before that actually got to the point where I felt competent enough to make a decent website that I could actually, you know, release um, to the world. So um, it definitely is, I mean, I definitely would have appreciated just knowing how to code from an early age um, for that saving me all the, the stress and bother. So I think it that's definitely very lucky for both of you guys, um, especially knowing like complementing uh, coding languages between each other as well. I think that was a match made in heaven. Um, so how, how did you guys actually go about, um, planning the website and, and actually like developing a plan and a timeline and, and how did you actually kind of, how did you actually execute it, um, to, to eventually make the website live? So, like I said, I think it just started one day when Ben messaged me and was like, do you want to, do you want to do this? Um, and it was during finals and we said yes, but we thought we'd wait until after finals. And then for a solid, probably a few weeks, it was just us sort of bouncing ideas off each other and going, shall we do this? Shall we do this? Running it by different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually there was like a YouTube channel, there was a podcast. Eventually we settled on something that was a bit less intensive and that we could do at our own pace, which was a website. Yeah. Um, and then it was sort of very similar in terms of, I think Ben had a background in sort of developing websites anyway, because you did engineering as your last degree, didn't you? Yeah, so I'm a grad med, which is how I okay. know how to code already. Um, Richel's just one of the weirdos who decided to learn to code in his spare time. <laughs> yeah. I guess that includes I'm, you I'm as well, now, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just it was uh, when it it's only become a structured thing in the last like two or three months where it's become so big that we needed 
other people to get on board and be involved. So now we've got a team of okay. five of us. But when it started, it was literally just me and Richel were just sort of coming up with ideas. And instead of just like explaining them, we just do them on the website and then be like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then over time and just over iterations of bouncing ideas off each other and creating more and more stations, they just, it, it was kind of a, a structure just naturally developed. And I guess that, that grew from like the structure that OSCEs have anyway. Like to do mm-hmm. well in OSCEs, you need, a, you need a structured clinical approach. And so the stations just kind of grew to reflect that as opposed to us having any form of organizational structure <laughs> inherently. It was it, it kind of steered us to where it needed to go just by the fact it, it was an OSCE, which should be like, you know, yeah. a relatively structured clinical exam. Um, okay. And so um, at the beginning, when when you guys were first kind of, well, actually, how long did it take from the the, the kind of point of initial kind of conception of, of beginning to plan out the website to the point where um, it went live? I think it was maybe, what, probably a month or two. There was a month where we had the domain and we were just designing it, but it hadn't gone live. And then a month where we took it live. And probably for the first, so we started back in May, June time. Mm -hmm. And probably up until September, October, there wasn't actually that much going on on the site. It was just us putting things up and sort of our friends knew about it. And it was very sort of word of mouth just between people rather than any particular social media or anything like that. Um, And then... During the during that like month or two, um, it was just like Ben said, a lot of us just sort of bouncing ideas off each other, trying to figure out how we could streamline making stations. Because part of it was that we knew that between the two of us, we wouldn't be able to make enough at a rate that would actually make things useful because it could take quite a lot of time to make a station. So it was coming up with like templates, how are you going to brief writers, um, how we were going to then convert all of that into HTML to put it up rather than having to like type it all out in individually in the stations. Um, so it was sort of that first month or two, there was a lot of mainly administrative stuff. It's only really turned into a lot of doing things um, in the last couple of months, I'd say. Okay. Right, very quick break from the podcast, um, just to tell you guys about applymedic.com. And so this is a website that's dedicated to helping students in the UK through the medical school applications process. And we offer a number of the services, including uh, personal statement reviews and full one-to-one detailed and specific mock interviews for the the university of your choice. And we also have just released our brand new ebook, um, taking you through step-by-step through everything that you need to know um, to ace your medical school interviews. So I'll leave a link to applymedic.com in the show notes down below. Back to the episode. And in terms of the, the team that, that you guys have built up, how how did you decide to, to, to split up the kind of tasks between different people? And, and are they doing it in a kind of voluntary basis, like just joining the team to maybe just to get involved in, in teaching, you know, within a kind of medical uh context uh themselves yeah so we, we have a team of about this well there's five official members now of the sort of okay. main team and then there's another sort of five or ten medics that are doing like station writing as well okay um and so the team i mean everyone's doing it for for free no one's no one's being paid anything and mm-hmm. we're not making any money from it either we, we're trying to you know keep it as an open resource for students as much yeah. as we possibly can um so, um, and I mean, when me and Richel first set out, we had to like obviously pay for the website, as I'm sure you appreciate with all your yeah. your website and things that you've got going up. Um, and so we were just thinking, you know, 
how how can we grow this resource? Um, and we were we did consider for a while how we'd get writers involved. You know, like we like you said, there's other big big hubs that do like question banks and things that pay their writers. But we found there was a really positive response to like being able to craft this tool that gave you know med students open access to this like free educational tool. Um, and the response from people who wanted to write was just like overwhelmingly positive. So we had more writers than we were able to actually take on board, um, which was really nice to see, to be honest. Um, That's really good. That's really yeah. nice. And yeah, I, I find that I find that as well, especially uh, medical students, whether it's, you know, things that are being done uh, by things that have been set up and created by individual, you know, medical students or junior doctors, like Oski Sense, or maybe some initiatives, initiatives that are run uh, by the, the university, the medical schools themselves. Um, there is also, there does always seem like um, a very overwhelming number of people who are willing to, to put in their time for free um, to, to help and, and to, to add um, to the, you know, the, the collection of material, uh, free resources that, that can be available for medical students um, for free um, to, to help, you know, Im- improve their, uh, their, their their scores, whether it's in OSCEs or written examinations. Um, so I think I think that is a really great thing. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of a win-win for medical students getting involved in things like this because they get to help other people, but also it's great experience for them actually getting involved in teaching and making making sure that it's structured, writing teaching plans, and and it's something that that they can then you know take forward and, and use as as experience. You know, if the, if they're going forward to apply for jobs in the future, so I think it is really a benefit to to everyone involved. Um, so I think you've created a really nice kind of ecosystem, I suppose, um, where everyone benefits. So I think I think that is a really great thing, um, and so. Going forward from that, uh, I wanted to kind of get you guys uh, the the, under, the approach that you guys are taking in terms of advertising, social media, marketing, trying to to get the name Oski Sense out there um, to the medical student population. Are there any particular strategies that you guys are taking to try and increase the popularity of it and and kind of get the name uh, more kind of recognised and get it out there to a wider audience? So I think we've set up a few social media accounts. So we've got a Twitter account, we've got an Instagram account, um, and then we've got a Facebook page as well. And those are kind of there mainly to sort of to get in touch with medical students from different areas and things like mm-hmm. that, but all, and sort of post updates about what we're doing. But it is mainly just sort of a sort of a notification system really to let people know that we're posting more stations or this is what's new on the site. Um I think the main thing we're looking for at the moment is just to make sure our resource is sort of as good a quality as it can be that people are actually recommending it to each other. And I yeah. think if it gets to a point where we're not getting the recognition that we think we should be getting for the amount of stations that we have, then it's probably more to do with the stations than anything else. And it gives us mm-hmm. a sort of an indication of where we can then improve things. Um, so I think at the moment it is very much just sort of we're relying on word of mouth between people who are looking at it and using it and then thinking oh actually this is a really helpful resource for what they're trying to achieve in their exams mm-hmm. okay um so then kind of to to go into a bit more detail on on that um have you have you how have you noticed the the growth of oski sense over time do you have um a good way of of kind of measuring how how the popularity is going like the number of people visiting the website so then to that team with the cases of have, have you noticed that there's been 
um, like a, a, an increase in in overall kind of interaction with the website? Yeah, there's, there's been a pretty exponential growth over the last like two months. So we've had more views in the last. Well, yeah, we've had more more views in the last three weeks than we have in the last six months. Oh wow! Um, okay. So we've we've had about what was it about four and a half thousand users um, last month, um, which is sort of more than we were expecting when we set up the site. Wow, it's very um, impressive. And I think that's because, like the word, like Rachel said, the word of mouth is just kind of. Um, you know, it, and we've been tracking it on Google as well. So we have a, a Google account which shows us exactly where the people have been visiting from. Yeah, and we, and we can see that because we're from Nottingham. Obviously, we have good word of mouth links with students who are still in Nottingham. So we've been telling them, "Hey, look, guys, we've made this resource. We think it's good. We'd really appreciate if you could check it out." Which obviously, because we know them, works really well. Uh, they've been checking it out and then they've been recommending it to friends and we can see the growth that's happened in Nottingham as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the students that we've got following us on social media are from loads of different places, there's not like a particular skew towards Nottingham students because the word of mouth has worked so well in Nottingham. We've seen it grow sort of exponentially. So, um, yeah, like Rachel said, I, we're, we're hoping word of mouth will keep keep doing its job there. Yeah, um, that's really good. It's really good in terms of the target audience of medical students as well, because I think unlike almost any other <laughs> students, because I'm a graduate um, medic as well, so I did bi- uh, medical sciences at Edinburgh Uni beforehand. And so I found that the kind of group dynamics is very different between medicine uh, compared to you know, any other um, kind of uh, university degree and that medicine is so much more collaborative than anything else that I've seen uh, and, and you know things like word of mouth actually do work incredibly well uh, when it comes to to medical students because they just there's you know no one's really isolated everyone works together and collaboratively which um, I think lends itself really well to to the increase in popularity um, of, of OSCE sense so far so really congrats for that guys that's that's really well done. I guess Thanks. especially when it comes to OSCEs as well, like because it's such a like. It, I mean, it, you have to practice with friends, don't you? It's, yeah, you, exactly. You can't, you can't, you can't get through without having that close group of friends. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to have a tool that that we know is being used socially as well. Like you say, like it's nice to have these groups of friends in med school. They get you through. They really do. Definitely. And so. What are the aspirations that, that you guys have um, in the future going forwards for the Oski Sense? Because, I mean, it very much is still in its infancy. You know, it is only um, a few months old right now. So uh, what's the what's the plan going forward for the website? I think we were talking about this the other day, actually, um, sort of quite briefly. But I think the plan at the moment in terms of sort of short term is to try and bulk out the number of stations we've got and everything. Because there's some like a to e scenarios which we've got quite a few um but then what we want to do is make sure that we've got a good spread across all the specialties so that mm. we're not just doing general medicine and like sort of neglecting obs and gynae in the corner somewhere um so the aim is to try and grow everything at an even level so that we're not people from sort of any rotation at any medical can come on and say oh actually they've got the things that we can use um and then i think after we've sort of grown the number of stations and we've got a fairly established user base we were talking about potentially doing an app at some point um but that's that's quite far down the road once we have a bit of time to figure out how to develop it uh, and i think in general like we, we'd love to just be like you know we know there's loads of other really 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 good tools out there that are great for like you know specific like steps of how to learn how to do uh for example an, an exam of the knee 
you know, I'm in orthopedics. That's what I'd go for, obviously. Um, all I know now is orthopedics. Um, and and there's there's great resources out there for, for that, that already. But what yeah. we'd love to be is be like, be able to, because all our cases are lifted from real patients we've seen in hospitals. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're all anonymized and mixed up so you couldn't identify anyone. But yeah. they are real patients. And this is, these are like, this is really how you're going to be presented with someone as an F1 on the ward. So our hope is they'll, you know, we're not trying to, make a resource to learn how to do the skill we're, we're making a resource to make you one do really well in oskis and secondly to nail f1 and be able to like be confident when you come up against these patients because mm-hmm. we're presenting you the patients before you've got there so yeah. the hope is i guess is for, for med students to think i need a tool to be able to do that and i'd like to be able to develop that part of my medical knowledge and then they'll think oski sense yeah definitely i think that makes a lot so of that's, sense that's, that's the aim yeah um and it, in terms of actually what you kind of mentioned there is uh, I found quite interesting because are you trying in terms of the cases for the OSCE sets um, and I, I don't I, I don't know this so I, I, this is more just kind of uh, for, for my understanding uh, one of the the main kind of I, I guess I would say issues that I've found so far with maybe certain, uh, other like OSCE prep resources um, or other um let's see like question banks for instance uh for finals prep is that the majority of the cases are quite ba- they're based quite heavily on textbook scenarios um so everything does seem it, it's not as nuanced or as um subtle um towards the in terms of the the route towards the diagnosis or the management uh or whatever the clinical scenario is um because it it does seem sometimes quite over the top and kind of stereotypical um, of the typical patient presentation. Are you guys trying to address that at all? Are you trying to make it a bit more kind of um, subtle and a bit more kind of complex and, and realistic as opposed to what you will um, eventually face in, say, the foundation years? Yeah. So I think there's, there's like you mentioned, it's very different in OSCEs compared to how it is in real life. And it's quite difficult trying to keep a line between that because I'm sure you know. Like, if you go and try and practice with a patient on the wards, you'll say, "Don't, don't tell me what you've got." And then the second thing that comes out of the mouth is, "Oh, when they diagnose me with this," and you think, "Right, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> this is pointless now." Um, and you try and make the most of it, obviously. Um, yeah. But it's so. And then there's also things like someone with a chest infection will come in with a fall, and in an OSCE, they won't say this person's presented with a fall. They'll say this person's presented with shortness of breath, and try and make it a bit easier for you because it's so time pressured they don't want to lead you down the wrong road yeah and so i think what we're trying to do is if we have a station where um say similar to that where someone's got like this really typical presenting complaint we will try and give it to you as similarly to sort of how they would in an oski as we can because we don't want to sort of as an oski preparation website we don't want to then not prep you for the oskis but equally within our mark schemes and within that history we try and include as much scope to make it sort of realistic as we can with sort of these higher marking points um so for example if someone's got a really common presentation of something that's more common in um immunosuppressed people in an oski they might make a tiny little bit about this person is immunosuppressed we'll try and expand that a bit and say they are immunosuppressed because of this and this is the testing they've had and these are all the questions that they might ask the sort of person doing the station might ask you hear all the answers if they do and they'll get some extra marks but equally it's not like we're saying oh if you don't ask all of these things you'll fail miserably because you won't you'll still be able to pass the oski but 
there's that scope of expanding on things more similarly to real life. Yeah, I think that's a really good balance actually between the two. Okay, so the the final thing, uh, the final topic that I wanted to discuss is uh, the whole idea of balance uh, when uh, either you're in medical school or um, you're on the job as a junior doctor and you're trying to develop something on the side um, like a company, like uh, a, a website, uh, like Hosky Sense. Um, and so how have you guys been able to to balance everything so far? I, I guess <laughs> it's very difficult. I think the, the, the first thing to, that I would say to that is that um, actually there is light at the end of the tunnel and F1 mm. is actually better, I think, than med school because I really struggled at medical school because, you know, when you're at home and it's supposed to, supposedly your time, in the back of my mind, I always felt bad for not doing the work that I knew was counting Absolutely. towards my degree. So that made it, even if, you, even if you're really good with time management and you can carve out that time, the guilt that you feel when you're then, you know, doing the things that you enjoy or indeed doing like entrepreneurial things that, you know, and you're, or you're trying to chase other aspects of life, you know, whether it's starting a business or playing sports or, you know, playing a musical instrument or, you know, just watching TV, whatever. Yeah. I think the pressure in med school is just so much higher than in F1 um, to try and achieve all the time. Whereas when I've, when we've made the transition to F1, I think that's why, you know, what we've been doing with Oski Sense has grown so much quickly, so much more quickly over the last couple of months because that pressure just isn't there. When you leave work, you've left work and that's it. You don't, there's no pressure to have to think about it. You know you've handed over to someone else. They'll sort whatever problem it is you're worrying about. And you can come in tomorrow and continue your work, but you don't have to, like, you know, do revision overnight. Or And obviously there's exams at the end of F2 if you want to take them. But even then you can do an F3 year and, you know, offset exams indefinitely if you really if you want to be an F3 forever. <laughs> so just the knowledge that you don't always have to be go all the time just makes having a life outside of medicine so much easier. Mm, definitely. And I think the, the sentiment in general I've noticed in medicine in the sort of young juniors that I've made friends with in Edinburgh is that um, the younger medics just care so much more about having a higher quality of life. And I think that's something that as the registrars and juniors that are being pulled through training at the moment get to senior level will, will be reflected in medicine in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree how, with that. how that filters down to medical students, I don't know. <laughs> I think that will always be hor horribly yeah. stressful. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't think that's ever going to change because you always think, oh, but there's this other topic I need to learn about, and oh, but when I finish that, I should probably learn about this other thing. And there's always this like endless list of things that you could learn about that might come up and you might be tested on. Um, whereas I think in F in F one and when you're practicing, you could you don't necessarily have that like firm deadline of I need to know all of this by then. It's sort of a, you learn as you go along. Like if something comes yeah. up realistically, you just ask someone or Google it, mm -hmm. um, which is a bit nicer. Um, so I think, yeah, it's a bit easier having a balance now. I think it helps that we got the bulk of things done in the gap between finals and starting F1 when we literally just had free time for about two months. Um, so I think it probably would have been a bit harder now if we had to do all the initial like coding things up and we didn't have all of the systems that we have in place to make thing uploading a little, like a little bit easier. Um, but it would be doable. It would just take a bit longer. Um, so I think it, yeah, it is much easier to keep a good work-life balance in F1. 
that's really good to know actually and it's 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 something that I never really thought of before because uh, I think just to expand on your point Ben I, I definitely do always no matter how much I try to kind of you know change my mindset and um like you know have perspective uh that, that medical school isn't everything um i still always have that slight guilt in the back of my mind whenever i'm doing uh, anything you know outside of medicine especially kind of the, the the apply medic stuff um but i think at least the most important thing that i've learned throughout uh the years is that if you don't want medicine to be everything and to completely encapsulate your life then you shouldn't let it or you shouldn't just you know, think that you're not allowed uh, to have something else on the side. Um, because I think the main thing that I've learned is if you want to start something else, especially something, um, some kind of entrepreneurial kind of venture, um, like like Apply Medic or Aussie Sense, then there's not, and if there's nothing stopping you, then just do it. Um, and actually what I've found is when you, it, it seems when you try and, when I've tried to to divvy up my time, divide up my time, um, say like during the weekend, and I've found the best thing that that I've done is I've started planning out, you know, day to day and planning out my entire week so that I actually do um, put specific time into two things like getting the studying done for the day um, or or doing password or prepping for OSCEs, whatever it is, um, or like research kind of stuff. Uh, then I know that that particular time is set aside for it and then everything else I can just I always have the justification to say to myself whenever I feel that kind of niggling uh, doubt in the back of my mind or uh, I'm feeling bad for whatever reason um, for not you know studying in that particular time and I feel like like that's really improved things and um, I, I also feel like even though at the very beginning when you're starting something like this it might seem quite overwhelming with the amount of extra work that you do, what you actually find, you know, weeks, months, years down the line is it just becomes normalized and, and you stop kind of thinking about the extra things that you have to do because it just becomes completely normal. And so you don't see or feel it as something that's extra or something that's kind of, you know, too much. I mean, obviously, you know, you can sense, you know, in your mind and body if something is too much and then you should cut back obviously um you should have that kind of self-awareness for not uh burning yourself out because that obviously is a risk when when you're taking something else on board you know as well as something as as stressful and demanding as as medicine um but i think that it definitely is worthwhile when it can give you a lot more fulfillment if something like entrepreneurship and developing something like this is is something that interests you um and i feel like you know if if it's good to have that kind of individuality and have that thing in the side that is just your thing, you know. Um, and I think it actually does carry forward into, into well, at least for me in, in medical school as well. And it's actually made me work harder and make the best use of the time that I do yeah. actually have. I don't know. How have you guys found uh, with that? Do you find that it's actually made you a bit more, um, I don't know, uh, resourceful or, you know, use your time more effectively? Um, I think I think the the biggest thing about that concept in general, um, less specifically to us, but I think people forget that medicine isn't like isn't this vacuum that you you can quite easily get into at med school. Like um, the, the the concept of med school is is pitched in that like your only priority is to pass exams, whereas in real medicine, it's not practiced in isolation of like this academic bubble. There's a much wider aspect of medicine that I'm sure everyone's aware of, but maybe no one pays attention to. And, and that's the aspect of the fact that like, you're obviously treating people with, that come from like vastly different backgrounds and have vastly different interests. And if as a person you can 
convince yourself that it's a good idea to not just spend all your time studying and in fact do other things that you enjoy and that can include like like we said before like business sport music whatever it is that by by making yourself a more rounded person by having these other interests you can better address the fact that you're treating like a diverse group of people that have different interests different backgrounds they want different things from their treatment they have different priorities from their treatment and by developing yourself in that broader context i think it it actually allows you to address their medical needs better because you, you're just able to step back from the academic aspect of medicine and just look at it as a broader, you know, definitely just, you're not, it's not just a textbook all the time. There's other things going on in your life and there's other things going on in these people's lives as well that you're treating and that just taking that step back and having other things that you can focus your time on that aren't medicine just sometimes helps contextualize that a little bit. And even if it, even if that specific thought isn't going through your mind, it still helps. Definitely. So I think that's everything that, that I wanted to ask, guys. Um, are there any closing comments uh, or anything that, that you guys want to say before we finish the episode? I just hope um, anyone who's come across Oski Sense finds it useful. And um, we'd always, always appreciate feedback from people. So if they want to drop us a, a, a follow on, on Instagram and, and give us a message and let us know what they think or or leave a comment on the website, then we do read them all and they do make a big difference. Um, so yeah, um, let think, us know. Yeah, I think that's a really good point actually, is if anyone has any like features or anything like that they want to see, then just let us know because we're always happy to sit there and code away and see if we can bring something to fruition that people want to see. We hope, we hope on the on the front end it looks, the website looks nice and shiny, but it is effectively just two guys in a shed. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, away on laptops. <laughs> I messaged Ben today because there's there's times when you spend you do something and then you spend forty five minutes. I'm sure you found this with um, mm. your biomedic website as well. But you sit there and you think you've done something really good, and then you press like save, and then nothing happens. And you're sat there for forty five minutes, and there's some rogue yep. comma or something that you've missed out, and you just want to bang your head against the wall. I know. Um, I've felt that so many yeah. times, and it's it's when you feel so, and it's when you get to the point where you feel so proud, um, just because like for the for the nav bar with the three lines that you click that you've managed yeah. to space them the precise way that you want to do it, and yeah. you, your perception becomes so skewed that that becomes like the highlight of your day. So I, I definitely definitely get it. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> um, um, but. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, th- those are all really good points, guys. And um, I think uh, in terms of uh, my closing comments, I think that if anyone wants to, if anyone either, you know, they're, they're about to apply to medical school, um, it's important just to know that that you can have a life outside of medical school and you can have other things going on um, concurrently throughout your time and forward as a qualified doctor. And you know, I would encourage it personally um, because, it, like you said, Ben, it does make you a more rounded human being, um, and it just it it just gives you something on the side that is, you know, it's it's your thing, you know, and and it just creates a little bit more a greater sense of individuality within yourself, which I think is a really good thing, um, and it challenges you in different ways, especially if it's something kind of business or entrepreneurship related, um, and if anyone wants to check out oskysense.com then I will leave a link in the show notes of the podcast down below uh, including to the actual website and um, their Instagram account as well 
Um, and I would definitely check it out if you're a current medical student because um, I checked it out as well. And it is, um, first of all, it looks visually stunning. Um, you guys have done a great job with that. Um, and the actual user interface is is really amazing. I can definitely take some points from it for a plyometric. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure I'm good enough yet with my coding skills. Um, but and, and the actual information on there um, is, is really good, really concise and really well laid out as well. So I would definitely... Um, urge anyone to interested uh, in getting just a, a more concise understanding uh, of approaching OSCEs to, to go check it out. But Ben, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And it's been a great Thank chat. you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Hopefully I'll no see you on the ward soon. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I haven't gone into yet, but I'll keep definitely keep an eye out for you. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Please do. Cool. See you later. Thank you.